We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. What's happening, folks? <laughs> Breeze, what's happening, baby? You know what it is, man. It's the end of the year. Everything's done. Presents unwrapped. Everything's done. You can just sit around, sleep for a little bit, get fat, watch bad movies. You know what it is, man. What's up with you? Man, Protector hey, same black thing. Women. <laughs> yeah, there it is, man. Hey, big week for me next week, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm getting my, get my karma right, getting this juju ready for next week, man. I got, I got shows every day next week, so we in here. I saw that you got like a, a, a setup of doctors. Yeah. All right, man. Do your thing. Do your yeah. thing. Hey, so let's let's do a quick round robin, man. We put this show together at the we, we put this show together at the last minute because we wanted the people to know that we wanted to you know stay on the post. So, uh, Charles, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm good, man. Just you know, minding my business, doing doing my work, man, and just and just chilling, bro. That's that's it, man. Trying to take advantage of this time, get some writing done, and keep my head straight, man. That's that's it, brother. That's 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 it. I. I see y'all's backgrounds. I see how y'all look today. You know, Ray, Ray trying to sit on us with the Apple Air Maxes. We noticed it, brother. We out here. We understand. Hey, hey, we out here, man, where the money reside. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, man. Hey, you know, Time, Time Magazine gave us the shaft, bro. So, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, my energy is different today, man. You know, they they did their annual list of, of, of top podcasts. And then I saw nice white parents, but I ain't seen no eight black hands, man. Well, you kind of made me upset. <laughs> You know how that go, man. That that it is what it is. I saw you clap back though. I got your back, bro. That's what's up. I mean, we'll see what's going on, man. You know, I mean, we'll, we, when that's our time, it'll be our time. I ain't worried about it. Yeah, hey, but then you see Streamyard, Streamyard up here upgrading stuff, man, giving us all kind of new energy. It's about whatever, time, man. man. It's about time. <laughs> I, was, I was telling our, I was telling one of our producers backstage before we started, like they just take it. Restream did all this first. That's what I was showing it to them. They did all of it first, so. But, it, you know, but we don't need people to know all that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's all good. Enough, enough du- 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 duplicity out there, man. But um, you know yeah. what, though? Can I yeah. interrupt? Yeah. Because I know, Ray, one of the things you had sent us was to be thinking about what our resolution is going to be for next year. So I know we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what you just said, Charles, I think in terms of anybody out there watching who wants to do something similar, the information should be readily available. How many YouTube searches do we do and 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 Google searches and piece together things? The next person that comes along, it should be easy for them. Right. right. So if you are watching this in the new year and you want to have a voice of your own and do your own thing and be out there, first of all, I encourage it. It's what I want. I want millions of voices developing platforms. Right. I don't to speak. I do. Because it's not a competition. It's like it's the African proverb. If you want to go, you know, go fast, go alone or whatever, you know that. But if you want to get really get somewhere, go together, you know, that that whole thing. Like like Ray, this year you have been like like speedy rabbit put together on fire. You've been on fire putting together new shows, new platforms or whatnot. And it seems like it should be easy for us to just hand people a kit. Like, don't don't go look at the top eight different streaming platforms. We've already done it. 
right? Don't go looking for the eight different types of mics that you might need. We've already done it. We, we should even have for people like, here's your budget kit, $150, get you started. You got 500, this is, you know, another kit. Kit B, you know, we got you. You got a thousand, you got 5,000, don't call us. Give us half that money. (laughs) (laughs) Call somebody else once you start getting a certain amount of money. But we have too many intelligent, beautiful, insightful people who come to this podcast week after week, knowing they have something to say, knowing that there's something in them that that they want to say. And boy, you're in the right spot because Charles does a lot of <laughs> he does a lot of like like research. I with my old ass try and keep up and do my own research. We back and forth on which kind of mics and you know different stuff. Right, I, I don't I don't yeah. have both cameras up. Me and Josh was looking at the resolution, and it's like I can tell you why you should choose either one or neither. I just spent the last three hours with three different cameras plugged in <laughs> and just went back to my original, which I'm using right now. Um, but but my only point in saying that is we want to educate the world, Absolutely. not just on education, but on how to communicate to the world about education. Absolutely. So this tech stuff is very Caucasian. <laughs> no. I don't know if I agree with that. Charles, Charles, Charles. When we talk about the tech YouTubers, right? For instance, right, Marquez, Brownlee, all those cats. Right, right. Why is Marquez stand out amongst all those? Just besides the fact that he's excellent and he's 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 ahead of the game and he's been doing it for ten years. But he just did a video. Everybody should around watch it. I wish I had the link to put it about how white tech is. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah. He has a video out because he yeah. go that way. He usually don't. He usually he don't doesn't ever that. say anything about it. But after the George Floyd thing happened, he put out one very big special thing saying, I am a black man in tech. <laughs> and also, by the way, in in uh, what's his, his athletic thing he's in? Yeah, he's a, a, a ext- the Frisbee thing. Like yeah. the he's basically like I'm in all white spaces, period. And I'm a black man. <laughs> Anyways, it's only to say. We should share. We should share this information. No, I'm with it. I think, I mean, listen, I, I also think there's something around like sharing information and because I'm not, wor- it's not like I'm like, I'm worried about, oh, somebody taking that spot or whatever, right? Like we have information that we give out. There's a certain, you know, and, and there are people that rock with us and within our podcast, there are people that rock with each of us individually and as a collective. But I think that what this year has been is there was a lot of people. Again, we started our podcast because we couldn't find the places where the real conversations reside. Uh, much to uh, I had to throw that in for you, Ray. What a real reside. Um, but it's like because and then we saw like black men and and black women and people that just didn't feel like they could say anything. You know what I'm saying? Until they saw us doing it, and then. You know, when people saw, oh, there's other people saying these things, there's other people that feel like I feel, you know, I think that that was just a liberating moment for a lot of people. So I do like that more people are discussing education. Uh, All quality ain't the same, but I do think that the more we can bring education issues into the mainstream, I think the better it can be and the more we can ask for uh, better things for our kids. I mean, in some ways, it's, it's broadening what we call education, right? Because, mm-hmm. because you know, y'all get on me all the time. I say I'm not an educator, and you guys are like, oh, no, 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 no. You do that. Don't say that. You say it. Like I don't understand. I that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's because I'm thinking narrowly about what education is in those moments, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, like it, you know, 
all of us trade notes on things like Charlemagne the God and others. What's their business model, what they're doing. They should be teachers of what they're doing. Right. Um, and and anyways, so basically, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hijack the show. But my point about uh, about this is that in the new year, we should find many ways to educate people and to make them dangerous. We, we, we want everybody who watches this to be dangerous mm. at some point. Right. Let's arm people. Go ahead, YG. YG, yeah. YG has got a whole album called Stay Dangerous, brothers. And you actually kind of just defined it, dog. That's that's what's up. I know you why, I know YG out of you. That's that's old school, right? That's like thinking of a master plan. No, bro. YG is like right now, bro. I'm like there's a there's a rapper from Oakland or from Cal- the California area named YG LA. from LA way back in the day. Uh, LA, LA in the Bay Area, they they YG. We are it. We are going. Google. Hey, Google. Hey, hey, what are we talking about? <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Well, yeah. All right. So, New Year's, <laughs> New Year's resolutions, man. We talk about New Year's resolutions and what we're trying to do for the eight million uh, black kids, and then we what we're trying to do for the ten million plus brown kids that are stuck in these subpar, trash ass schools, man. So, like, what's what's we're gonna do a round robin on on um on what those resolutions would be? If you're in the comments. Let us know what your New Year's resolutions would be uh, education-wise for uh, 18 million kids that we just talked about. All right. Um, so, Charles, we'll start with you, man. What's, what's your first first joint? Well, I think I think mine are all going to kind of be in this theme, but I'm, I'm calling 2021 a year receipts. I think that there's a lot of people talking. And I think next year I want to do a better job of capturing our actual numbers. I want to actually do a better job of capture, not just our, I'm talking about like, um, like A through G is one of our things. Like we're actually setting a plan to train X amount of parents and students on how to do this thing by themselves. Like I want to start tracking the agency growths of like our people and our students and, 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 and things of that nature, because I'll be seeing Twitter and they love to go at Chris and, and Raven jumping in a lot on cast too. And they, I just be seeing the way that they be trying to fight it. It's like, you know what? I want to have, here go these reports. Here you go. Here's, here's what we did. Here's the, here's the impact that it's making um, and just have, well, I'll leave it at that because it, it, it rolls into my next one. So I think my theme is going to be the year receipts. And, and, and I think that like, it's a lot of people talking about what they do for kids. Now it's like, okay, well, let's, let's the, the same way my tax, my accountant make me do this. Here go all the receipts of everything that I spent on this year. Hey, uh, so Breezy, you up next, man. What's your New Year's resolution? So my first one is just really about being simple and clear. Mm-hmm. And and for me, that that's like the question I always ask myself at this time of year. Uh, am I clear on what is the, the real story? What is the real problem? What is the real thing I'm a- attempting to accomplish? And not for myself. Am I clear on what God wants for me? God is setting me up in some ways to do things. Am I making the most of it? Am I making the most of what my ancestors want for me? Am I making the most of what God wants for me? Um, and am I clear? And once that the way that I will know that I'm clear is that other people interacting with me and my message will know that, that, that they're clear on it too. Right. I feel like in education advocacy, what happens a lot of times is that people uh, come out the gate swinging and hard and over a period of time they get lost. 
they get lost on little petty things or petty battles or get, you know, they, they, they let the devil and they let the others take them into dark alleys that they don't need to be in when it comes to argumentation. And if you're absolutely clear on what it is, this is why we say the eight million so much. We want to center the conversation on what, it, what we're talking about first. Straight off, off the bat, eight million black children walking into schools every day that aren't ready to help them reach their highest potential. That's pretty clear. Right. And if you watch us over a period of time, you have heard that and encountered that. What's the next level of that for next year? That clarity and 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 um, um, and how do we help others adjust their language and center children and be clear also? So my first one is, is simplicity and clarity. And and as simple as, as God can make it for me, can I make it for others? That's what's up. All right, Ray, let's get yours. Yeah, that's what's up. All right, so my first one is going to be, man, continuing with this theme of protecting black women. And so what I saw from like the last, uh, I want to say six months of us talking about this, uh, this education secretary uh, appointment is I saw folks from uh, the other side of the narrative that just straight up attack black women, right? Uh, and I just, it just, it just, it did something to me because to me, you know, and and I'm, I'm going to speak for myself and whatnot. Black women to me are like the cradle of civilization for me. And so, you know, when you attack one, it's kind of like you're attacking my mama, you know, especially when you have folks that have the credentials, like these people that, that were, that were being put up had or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really truly feel like right now, if black folks had collectively got our thoughts together and got our campaigns together, that we would be celebrating the first black woman education secretary right now, had we all been on the same page and not let a divisive campaign from, um, from white women uh, destroy that narrative for us. So for me, it's going to be this continuation of protecting black women. And uh, that's my first one. Okay. I think that's um, something that you have highlighted recently, What you just said, as a matter of fact, we, we're not talking about it, which is there were some highly qualified, dedicated black women that just lost an opportunity, a major opportunity. And we lost them as an opportunity because of politics, not because of their, their worthiness for the job, not because of their merit, not because of their education or what they were doing. So what you just highlighted is the wound's not over yet. We haven't even closed the wound on that one yet. Yeah, we can celebrate that we got a new education secretary and he didn't turn out to be as bad as we thought, but the wound isn't healed on the fact that there were two or three, maybe four black women that were up for that job that should have that job right now. Mm. And and, and I just want to say, this is for my brown brothers and sisters who are watching this right now, who are declaring victory and celebrating how brown this incoming administration is or whatnot. It's not to take anything from you. Love you. You know, we are brothers and sisters in arms. But uh, I think that Biden sidestepped our black women um, with a brown candidate that he felt was super safe for the position in the role. And um, if you're one of the black women who lost out on that role, that's a lifetime. That's a life changing effect of something that you lost. Right. So thank you for raising it, Ray. And I want to keep people clear on it's not over that that thing is still still a problem. Yeah. And I, and I just want to give you a shot. I mean, I think you've been you've been driving that you've been consistent on that. And uh, and I think that you've been doing everything in your power. 
to like, you know, give it up for that. And I, and I, you know, I just wanted to show you some love on that. So keep, keep it going. And again, this, this camera might go out at some point. It might, it might overheat. If it does, I was, so, but, uh, it's been on all day. I've been, I've been working with stuff, man. Uh, but now nah, if, if you had anything else on that, Ray, I, I wanted to check before I went to my next one, boss. Man, you know, it, take your time. I mean, it's just, man, we did it. So we did a show last week, uh, three times dope. Uh, Dr. Robert Simmons was able to, uh, bring two of, I think the four folks that, uh, that Chris is talking about, um, together. Uh, we brought Dr. Sonya on again and then, um, we brought, uh, um, we brought, we brought another, a couple more folks on as well. Um, I don't want to name job, go watch the show. Anyways, um, we, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was just, it was powerful to hear those voices, right? It was powerful to, to hear, you know, and they weren't, you know, like the way that they handled it, man, they were so graceful in terms of like how they handled it. It was kind of like a masterclass in how to accept something that just wasn't for you or it wasn't your time to be in a certain place or whatever. And they did it with so much class, man. I, I was just, I was just amazed by it, you know, and like, I'm going to continue to learn from them, man. And, uh, and yeah, and continue to try to work with but, it. But, but this should be one of those Kanye Taylor Swift moments. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. That's all I'm going to say about it. Taylor Swift has got her little thing in her hand and this, this should be a Kanye moment, but yeah, I think I think Biden was trying to be very savvy. I think it was like, OK, look, who because I'm hearing from both sides, both sides is bashing me over the head right now. Who can I get that is kind of friendly to choice per se, but doesn't come from the same kind of elk or whatnot that these people can't. So when you saw like people in the union and people on on like a choice side kind of all being like, oh, OK, like, hmm, yeah. You know, it was it was uh, I think he was trying to play politics. I'm interested. I wish I could have been in those meetings. I just I just wish I could have been a fly on the wall. Well, not a fly because I never want to be a fly. But I wish I could have heard. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have heard what was going on. in there. And for the people that's out there listening, you know, what we need you to do. We need you to like this. We need you to comment on it. And we need you to share this with your people. We depend on you all to make sure this reaches the people that it needs to reach. Now, when you share, don't just push the share button. All right. Put a put a comment in there. Say something about it. Tell people why they should be checking this out uh, so it doesn't fall on deaf ears. And as always, we appreciate you all. Um, my next one, man, is uh, just to kind of keeping that theme around receipts, really showing people how to go from innovation to action. And, and I mean, there's a lot of like t- this year we saw the world don't stop for nothing or nobody. Right. Even a global pandemic, the rich people still got richer. Uh, that didn't slow down. And they still made sure their kids got the best top notch education, whether it was in a hybrid model, whether they had a personal tutor or a pod. Uh, and now that we spend so much time online and technology has gotten better. I mean, there is so much free education online that there are ways for communities to take back. It's like, OK, this is the reading level for black kids or for my kid or whatever the case is. Hey, here's what you can actually do. I'm not ever saying we're not going to keep pushing the system, but I want people to know that in addition to doing that, in addition to going for those policy changes, you, 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 there are things that you can do. There is power that you still have. Uh, and, and I just, you know, that towards the end of the year as actually showing people and sitting down with them and like, 
to the point where they were learning how to like put their kid in front of things and kind of see what they learned or knowing how to talk about certain things with their kids on the education tip to see what was working. Um, and so I want to carry that out into, in, in, into the new year of mm-hmm. just putting more and more power back into the hands of parents and community. And, and, and Chris, this is yours. It's not mine or wherever you got it from, if you didn't come up with it, but I love it. And I'm going to say it again, stolen from you, but empowered parents are better than empowered parents. And, you know, as y'all comment, Chris, I'll just hand it to you because I don't want to steal that thunder from you. And I think you explained that really well, but that's something that I, I feel really strongly about and was inspired by that you had said. I mean, that's a good segue for the next one for me is I have looked at in the last half of this year, I looked at a lot of the stuff that I've worked on on the, over the last decade and have never brought together into a kit, into a like a, a usable you know, set of points. One of the things that had me thinking about it was the African-American Leadership Forum's five gaps breaking down the achievement gap into five gaps for parents. And that was very, uh, that was very effective for us in some ways to rally the community around. Um, so the, the next step for me really is um, product. I said it in our last uh, podcast, I actually want to develop and, and make sure that I'm putting out product, not just like um, um, this is what I think, or this is, you know, a tweet or a blog post or whatever, but actually real things that people can use to understand, first of all, to decode the situation that they're in, understand, like understand what the game is. It's not all that that um, mysterious, but it can feel like it. So let's demystify some of it and let's have some action points. I have the frame of that uh, written out already. Um, so it, for me, it has to be the year of taking my advocacy and my activism to the next level with real product things that people could use. If you are that mother or that father who is in a school district or in a situation where you are frustrated and you are feeling like people are not seeing you for the real power that you should have with your parents, I want you to have like an anarchist cookbook in your hand, a handbook for how to whoop uh, ass, <laughs> really as a parent, really how to how to beat the system, how to raise the genius, how to defend the intellectual development of your child, without needing a million PhD people around you do it. No offense, Ray, but I'm just saying like, like, like some of our folks go in schools and get treated real bad sometimes, like because they're seen as not being educated enough. And what I want them to have in their hands is the arsenal. I want them to have what it takes to be a black belt parent. Um, you, you saw a few years ago with the Asian parents, they had the, what's the name of that book, Ray? What was the, uh, do you remember this? It was like, uh, Tiger Moms, something like that. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Man, Charles, you all cool stuff now. You, you look like you was in one of them. You look like you was on an Oprah moment about to cry, bro. Yeah, we are we're now in Sony land right now. But yeah, yeah you remember the Tiger Mom book. Uh, yes. and, and guess, and they were un, super unapologetic about it. And remember, totally. and they, we remember, like, you know, it started off like everything in America does, right? Is that people were like feeling it and like, oh, that's dope. I want to do it. And then it got wokeified to death, right? Then people was like, oh, that's wrong. And that's this, that, and the third. And guess what that author and her community said? Nothing, because they didn't care, because they kept doing what they needed to do and they kept getting them wins, right? And I think that it's like, we can do that with everything, yo. We can, we can wokeify everything to death. And listen, man, again, I'm going to develop that real versus right answer thing because 
Because I think this is the, the moment in time where we at is that you making really good speeches is not putting food on people's table during this time and is not educating their kids. So uh, that was actually a really good book to kind of lean towards. Yeah, I, I feel like these things come out for every other group. Mm-hmm. Every other group gets their kind of their manual, their guide, their their five things, whatever. And um, and for me, this isn't about me just putting out the product. It's it's about me being useful to my people. I, I got to go to the next level of my activism. Right. So that's mine. OK, got that. Got say, say it one more time. I'm writing them down for you, for everybody, just so y'all can have it. I know y'all want it later. So for me, product, right? This product. Yeah. Okay. So the first one was clarity and the second one is product. Like what am I producing that yep. people find useful, that people can use? And by useful, I want to be clear on this. Useful is is oh Chris, that was encouraging what you said this morning. That was a that was an encouraging tweet. That's that's kind of useful, but what really is useful is I was at a dead end with my school or with the administration and they were taking me for less and something that you gave me helped me whoop their ass. Mm. Right. That's, that's, that's more than useful. That's the right type of useful. Beautiful. It's that's all good. you, right? All right. So a couple things. All right. Uh, first thing is I had put this out to folks um, a while back. Nobody took me up on it, which, uh, Made me kind of sad, but if you are if you are a parent of a of an IEP student and uh, and you're having problems with navigating through um, those annual meetings, you don't know what to ask for, um, you don't know the language. Uh, people are presenting things to you that look like you know it's, it's a foreign language to you. Hit me up. Uh, you can contact me via the Facebook. You can contact me via Twitter. Uh, you can email me. Whatever. It is that you feel as if you may need or, you know, you can't verbalize it. Let me help you. And I'm not charging you a penny to do it. Right. This is this is all my dime because, you know, this is just how I want to give back. Um, also, with, with this whole parent engagement piece, man, my dissertation is based off parent engagement. And so uh, mid-January, I defend my proposal. Glory to God. <laughs> Because I finally feel like I'm getting through this thing, man. But um, yeah, so uh, a- a- after I'm done, man, then just I'm trying to take parent engagement to the next level. Because like based off the research that, that I've done, it's like you really see how white folks, white folks that are in power view uh, others when they come into the schools. It's very adversarial in terms of, you know, this is my school. Uh, this is not your school. But in all actuality, it should be community schools and those schools should be open to the community and they should have community usage in terms of like how, how you know, if I, if I need to use the school for an event or I, I need to, you know, uh, you stuttering. whatever, if I haven't, you said I'm, I'm what? You were stuttering a little you, bit. I'm good. Your internet was stuttering, just, but you're good now. You back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you back. Okay. So, so, um. Yeah, I don't know why I got this new Eero stuff up in here, man. It's, my internet should be great. You got great. too much going on, bro. You got yeah. too much going on. You got, you got like, you got like the 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 new Apple headphones. You got like the expensive <laughs> microphone. You got everything. Like you can get graduated, you know. So where the money retired. Hey, I'm starting right now. But, it, but it, anyway, anyways, though, you know, I, I definitely I want to put I want to put that uh that lens on on parent engagement because I just feel like it's so important in order for us to get to the next level is to teach our parents, not, not teach them anything, but just show them 
that they can advocate for themselves and the end goal is to get what what's what's best for the students. And so I think that's that's extremely important for us. Man, I just would love for parents to be like, I don't want to be engaged. I don't want to be involved. I don't want y'all having any of that shit. I just actually I own this process. This little one right here, right now, y'all can do everything in the world you want to do amongst your fancy selves with all that bullshit that y'all do with all your PD and all your whatnot, whatever. But this one, I own this process. So I'm not involved in this process. I'm not like engaged in this process. I'm not, I own this. So when you talk to me, talk to me as a CEO, right? Of the process. And answer to me like a CEO of the process. When I come rolling up in here for your IEP or for whatever, whatnot, let's just be clear on who works for who. This is the attitude. Mm. This is my dream. My dream is the is the demanding black parent. Mm. Not just demanding, but the outrageously demanding won't be told no black parent is my dream. Right. Um, I don't care what white folks do. I really don't. Like, Charles, you've impressed me on this. Like, let's stop talking about what white folks do for theirs, blah, 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 because they are uh, clear <laughs> about their mission. When I talk about clarity, they are clear about their mission. Yeah, but you can't you can't negate them from the conversation because a lot of them are in power. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm going to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's like you got to you, you, you got to kind of you got to play the system and you got to know how to move. And, you know, once you learn how to move, then you can start doing certain things and whatnot to kind of, you know, move them out of the way. But like right now, it's very important to you know, not negate, not negate them. Well, let me, well, that leads right into mind. So I would say, and, and let me, I can clear that up a little bit because I, I, when I talk about them, I'm not talking about them with malice or anything like that. I am saying that when I, when I show an example of those folks, I'm showing you an example of, agency. I'm showing you, even if the system is set up to work for them or whatever the case is, what I'm showing you is that they unapologetically do whatever they need to do for their kids, regardless of what you say, regardless of how you feel. I don't fault them for it. This is the thing. I'm not mad at them. I was, even when we did the show about uh, the, 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 um, the podcast, the white parents. White parents. Yeah. yeah. Like I ain't mad at them. I'm just showing you, I, I actually appreciate it and doing the show it because I'm showing you how power breaks down and when power shows up in the room, how it moves, right? Like when I say taking them out, it's like they're not the litmus test for me. They're not the, the, the standard per se. But I want you to see an example of where these things are kind of happening, which leads me into number three, which I think is practicality. Uh, so to take what you said, uh, Chris, around clarity and to take what you said, Ray, around parent engagement, like I think like I want to add I want to always add that practical piece to it. Right. Where it's like, look. Here are the steps. Like sometimes you just need the steps, right? Like we all know the first time we had to do taxes when you couldn't do TurboTax no more. And then it's like, oh, and then you had to sit with somebody. If you got to that stage, it's like, oh, no, <laughs> I understand. it's like it's, it's very different from when I was younger and I would just drop my stuff off at like a at a. H and R block. Yeah. Art is yeah. like, no, no, you, you, you're trying to run a business. You're, you're buying things. You're driving. Like there's a process and a practicality to this that uh, so many people take advantage of. And this is how much money you lost just because you didn't know the process and how much time, how much time on task are we losing? Cause we don't know the process. How much, how many opportunities are we missing out of schools? Cause we don't know the process. Like even when people pick their schools, I've sit down with folks in front of a computer and I'll say, look, you can check every single class that's offered in every single high school in California. 
and you can actually do a tour before you even step foot or have a meeting with those people. And they just don't know. And so I think a lot of this stuff is breaking things down in the steps for our people and being practical and making sure that my degree, my credentials, my knowledge, my information, it's not mine. It's not for me. It is, it is for this community. Like it's theirs. You know what I'm saying? So that would be my number three uh, would be just practicality. Cause sometimes people need steps from one to five. You can freak it however you want to do it. You can remix it or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But it, here's how those things play out. Mm. So I, I just wanted to clear up. Hopefully that cleared up a little bit, Ray, because I didn't want you to feel like, because, you know, I go hard on that, but I didn't want you to feel like I'm not dismissing. Listen, I ain't mad at nobody, no one for doing what's best for their kid. No one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying for me, that's not my, like, litmus test. That's not just the, the place where I always go to. You know where I start. It pops up for me sometimes, though, is, is when people say stuff like white folks would never do X with their kids. Mm. And they think that means something. Right. Like that's the, <laughs> the high watermark. Right. right. Like they feel like that's the high watermark. And I'm thinking, who gives a damn about that? that? Right. Like, mm. like maybe they're doing something for their kids that's good for their kids. But maybe you're going to try and copy what they're doing and it's not going to be good for your kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that comes up with, a lot of times with, you know, I hate to introduce charter schools into the debate, but, you know, well, white folks would never want all these charter schools in their, you know, uh, in their neighborhoods. OK, you just haven't told me anything. They probably wouldn't want an HBCU in their neighborhood either. You, you haven't told me any, anything. White folks would never want to go to these HBCUs. All, all right. Like, you know, that 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 doesn't help me. Which kind of leads into my next one, but I'm not going to go there yet because Ray, do your thing, man. So, so. <laughs> yeah. Man, I was kind of waiting for you to go there, but, you know, since you won't, um, I feel like uh, one of the things that I want to do this year, uh, well, I'm sorry, in, in, in the next year is I want to have better conversations with, with folks that don't or that are not aligned with, with Ed Reform. I want to get to the I want to get to the why. You know, I, I want to see if we can meet. I, I call myself like a a a, a far right uh, ed reformer, and I know that there's some people that are like far left in terms of like how they think. But I You're want to have right, some. Bro. You're not far right. I'm not. Nah, I'm no. not far right yet. Not no. yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Got ways to go, bro. Yeah, they they not let you in that room. So <laughs> hey. hey. Hey, but I I, I want to have I, I say that to say that you know, and I'm glad that you guys took me away from my far rightism. I, but anyway, um, I want to have you're, centrist. You're as far right as somebody can be who still loves black people. There okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for that. I, but I, but I want to have centrist type conversations about how we can move the the needle forward in terms of doing what's best for kids. Because you know, I don't I don't think that we have to 100 percent agree on 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 things in order for us to make schools work for kids. Um, as long as I can have my choice in terms of where I can put my kid and you can have your choice, then, you know, I feel like there's some things that we can do in order to make education better. I think that there needs to be a whole lot of more, a whole lot more collaboration uh, amongst uh, charter schools and public schools. You know, I don't want to see a, a charter school with hundred percent proficiency and then have a neighborhood school that only has 10% proficiency I want that neighborhood school to be like, well, what the hell are they doing at the charter school? And then I want that charter school to have the same energy to say, well, what the hell are they doing at that neighborhood school and make a call, right? Either one can make a call. Like we're, we're open up, we're open up the doors to where both mutual. If, if the 10% proficient school wants to improve, 
they can make the call. If the 100% proficient school wants to make a call to the 10% proficient school, they can make that call too, right? But I wanted to be in a place to where they both can make those calls and not feel away because you're doing it for kids. Mm. That's what's up. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. I mean, like I said, I'm... I think that's a good idea. Y'all, y'all know how I feel. I, I like debate, man. I actually like debate. I like I like when people are well informed on either side of the issues and come together and there's some decorum and some conversation. Because in a good debate, people leave smarter. You know, in a good debate, people have to actually make points and not just go to misnomers and not just name call or, or you know, or or just go to talking points, right? And and I think that uh, I think that what you're trying to do with that, I, 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 Ray, I feel the same way around that. I, and I I do think that there are some times though where like I'm willing to talk to a lot of people unless you just kind of for my destruction. Like, unless you just are like, no, I'm serious, right? Like, because even when you were saying that, we've had situations where we've paid to send, edu- we, we paid to send school leaders, teachers, principals to like some of the best schools that have mirrored the exact student population. And they was like, well, they do this. They got this. They got this. They got that. And it's like, man, take with it, take from it what you can. This ain't about you and your ego. It's about these kids. And I think mm-hmm. that's really the thing. Like, people are so entrenched in the war that neither wants to actually give side to reason. Like if something makes sense, then it just makes sense, man. Like, look, I don't like Donald Trump at all. When the homie, when dude said like, I don't want to do this $600 thing in 2000, even though I know he's playing politics, but I agree. $600 is not good money for people that's in it right now. That's thick in it. Right. Like, am I going to say no? Am I going to say no, that don't make sense. Cause I don't like that dude. Like, no, nah, that's that, that would be dumb, but we have people out there that will like, if Chris makes a good point on, on Twitter, people, before they know who he is, they'll, they'll like agree. And then they'll, <laughs> they'll get a text <laughs> or a message or something like that and, and take down they like. You know, they'll go do some research. I've noticed this. When I used to be real active on our A Black Hands Twitter. I've seen people retweet our stuff before. And then I've seen people like under their comments and I've seen them unretweet it. Mm-hmm. Like that, 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 that's just dumb. <laughs> it is what it is. No, it but they, they can take it. Yeah, you can you you can take your your like back. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I can tell you a few other things you could do with your like. You know, <laughs> but I can say point is what I'm saying. Right? I'm with you. Hey, yo, I never even knew that. I never, yo, Charles. That's new to me, man. I thought people were just oh, rocking man. with us. <laughs> it, 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 happened, it has happened with small names and big names, brother. Uh, <laughs> I would tell you offline. <laughs> I would tell you offline. I was like, oh, she straight took that back. Um, it's all good, man. Uh, <laughs> we tweeted hey, you, it's all good, man. Hey, if you if you tweeting with us in the, in the if you uh rocking with us in the comments, man, if you got uh other uh New Year's resolutions, please put them in. We're gonna get to some of y'all's resolutions as well. Uh I see spin move. Spin move must be in New York City because you're talking about um I love that, but charters are vilified in New York City. So that conversation is always met with resistance. Uh, that's this conversation of, amongst collaboration. Mm. And so, um, you know, spin move. I, I used to be a principal in Harlem, and uh, I was in one of those schools that was 100% proficient. Um, and uh, and we were co-located with a school that wasn't doing as well. And I would go downstairs to, t- to have conversations with that principal, like, hey, send some of your teachers up here on the off periods, you know, send them to our classroom so we can figure out what's going on so they can see how we're teaching or whatever. Because what I saw was we had kids, we had the same grades and we had kids that were uh, the same grades of students or whatever. And um, 
the kids downstairs were acting totally different from the kids upstairs. And that's because the bar that we set upstairs was extremely high. And I'm not saying that I know that the bar was set lower downstairs because I don't know, but I know that the kids weren't behaving like they had expectations. So I don't know what kind of conversations were being had with these kids by the educators that were educating them. But I know upstairs, it was totally different. It looked different. And so for me, you know, I just, man, you know, I, she never took me up on it. She never sent any 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 teachers upstairs, even though it was open door policy. Uh, even though when we had our days for professional development, I invited her like, hey, you can come to our professional development to see what we're doing, you know, to see how you can like, you know, move the needle downstairs. And I don't think that it I don't think that it wasn't because she didn't want to come. But I think that the system was so contrary to charter schools to where she couldn't even get uh, permission from her superintendent. <laughs> To allow teachers to come to our professional development or to allow herself to to come as well. So DOE and their bureaucracy, man. Y'all gotta cut that out. We're trying to get kids. We're trying to, we're trying to move the envelope for kids. Yeah, man. That's 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 just too bad, man. I, I'm not I, like I'm not interested. Like my listen, yo, like there's a there's a certain amount of blame that the system has, but if I'm starving, right, and I and I need some food, and you like, man, were well, you hungry? Like, and I'm eating this cheeseburger in front of you, but it's the system that ain't, it's the reason why. Like, at some point, people make up systems, right? And even when I worked in the district, it's like, this, yeah, man, this thing is slow and it got issues, or whatever. But I'm looking, I'm, I am looking at your work right now. Like, you did not show up to the meeting. Like, you actually didn't do the thing you were supposed to do. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, it's it's such a. Here's the thing. If it's always going to be the system, and this ain't that you, Ray. I know exactly what you're saying. I'm just saying in general to people, because I think parents are tired of hearing about that too. They know the system jacked up, right? Especially if they have pre- people of color. But if you're going to take credit when you got a kid that's killing it and you ain't blaming it on the system, then I need you to have some type of credit, some some type of like responsibility around your work. As a social worker, man, I had I did some good things, and there were some cases that I just we just didn't get where we needed to get to. And it made me want to be better. It made me want to bring people into my practice and, and get feedback into, and, and you know what I'm saying? I didn't see it as like, it ain't like it's a scoreboard behind me. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm going to get this mag- mythical thing. You know, I, I, I've, I agree that the system is jacked up, but it's been jacked up. It's been bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we going to do about it? Are we just going to keep letting our people get ate up inside of it? You know what I mean? Or outside of it. Right. So I didn't mean to go off on that real quick. You know, no, what I'm no, no. I, I think it's very, yeah, I think yeah. it's very, re- I think it's very relevant, bro. I mean, like I had, we this is where, I did a show, so, did a show on teacher, teachers being above, above our teachers above reproach. Mm-hmm. And this kind of fits into that criteria because it's like, man, listen, if I'm, if I'm, you know, I feel like a person off the, I, I feel like if I'm a parent, I should be able to give you feedback on how my kid learns. And, you know, that, that kind of hit the bottom for some people because they didn't really understand. They're like, oh, well, you didn't go to college and, you know, you're not trained in this. I'm not trained in, I may not be trained per se in like how you approach pedagogy, but I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely well-versed and an expert on how my kid learns because I was my kid's first teacher. And so, you know, my argument is, is that, all right, well, I can't come in and tell you how to, you know, reformulate your classroom to where every learner is going to learn the best. No, that's your job. But I can tell you uh, individually how my kid learns best and how you should approach my kid in his learning or her learning or whatever. Right. And you should be open to that. And you get to show up as a black dad, too, and stand at the door and be like, what happened? Why ain't everybody nothing? What's going on? 
If, if this kid acting up and ain't acting the way that they need to, you let me know early and then I'm going to handle that and I'm going to do what I need to do. And I need you to do what you need to do. No, no parent comes into the game wanting to just beef with teachers, man. Like no, I came from a generation where my parents didn't even listen to me when a teacher said something. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, so they just lying on you, Charlie? Is that what they don't? They all lying on you. Every everybody Same in this generation. <laughs> everybody in this building has conspired to lie on your ass. No, I know how you are. I know you don't like to get out of bed. I know you know what I'm saying. Like they would call me on that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I just. The partnership. That's no. that, that's like, like, cause listen, was so I without going into my next one, I didn't know if he was getting to the next ones yet or whatever. But I will say this much: the system has an answer for you when you mm-hmm. talk about how jacked up the system is Damn. and how it didn't work for you. No, 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 no. I mean, cause that's a that, that's a consequence. That's not an answer. <laughs> that's a consequence, and that actually that's a a predetermined consequence. Like. Like you either get what you're supposed to get out of this cattle call where everybody goes through the same door. And if you don't, you go to welfare or to jail. That's a consequence, though. But the answer that they have for you when you have a complaint um, is going to hit a nerve with black Mm. people specifically. Mm. And this is where I want my product to help, because when I say black belt parents our eight million black children don't have black belt parents. Right. Mm. Some of them do. A portion of them do. And that portion of them, like we had one on this show. Remember, mm-hmm. uh, remember our homeschooling parent who has Dr. a 60 year old CEO right now or whatnot. Okay, now, right. Thank you. OK, Doc McStuffins. Right. So we we had the the model on this show, but we know that eight million black children are not walking to school. So right, that's the, beyond the model. That's the exemplar. <laughs> which should be the model. You're, you're the model. You're the, you're the model. She's the exemplar. Well, well, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Um, when people were clear about the fact that they were in slavery, they became the models of wanting freedom, right? Yes. They found all kinds of ways to subvert the system. The system was bad then, and they just took it for granted. Same thing when it was segregated, right? Somewhere along the line, though, let me just, just say the thing that's going to hit a nerve, which is this. <laughs> this thing's going to hit a nerve. If every Black parent was doing everything in their power to support their child every single day, Half of what we we complain about the system would go away, right? That's at bullshit. Least, at least that's, half. Bullshit. that's bullshit. I mean, you can I'm call it what you, you can you can call, you can call it what you wanted, but you got up this morning thinking about the most that you could do to make sure that your child's not a statistic. So you can call it bullshit, or you can call it what you did this morning. No, right? your parent, your parent blaming. You're, you're parent blaming. You can't parent. You can't parent blame unless you unless you look at the system. As a whole, being a racist ass system, this, that this has, is, see, you're, you're, you're giving me the typical response that isn't going to save a single child. You're giving me the response that actually is going to make sure that that child that parents have no agency and that they don't save their child from drowning. Parents blaming it's absolutely true because there's there's a couple of things about parents that I think we all need to to be clear about. A parent has a role; they have rights. And they have responsibilities. And if they're handling all three of those R's, they will get the fourth R, which is results, which is the thing I'm thinking a lot about, because I see people, different parents, single moms, single dads, a person here or there who you have to ask them, how did you get four people, four kids on your salary through college or through a basketball system or through this? How did you work the system? How do you have a Venus Williams, right? Growing up in Compton. 
with nobody thinking in a white sport, nobody thinking you're going to do it. Well, you have to look at that dad and think, well, he was he was a lot of things, but he was not a pushover. They lived in Compton. Right. But Compton didn't get that one. Compton got a lot of other ones. Right. You got to look at an ice cube. How the hell did you get out of this? Well, when I when I finally heard the story of his parents, his two parents or whatnot, it started to make sense to me while he wasn't a statistic. Go go to his first movie, go to Boys in the Hood and Furious. I mean, Furious, you know, when his mama pulled up with all the leaves falling down. Right. And she like, he about to be with you. Furious set some rules. Right. Furious, hey, man. I need you to go out there and sweep up every single leaf, bro. Like, like I'm just, I think what Chris is saying and, and, and Ray, I hear what you're saying too. I think what he's saying is everybody has a role to play. We got to stop. There is no parents versus teachers. Like, like it should only be reading versus not being able to read success versus not success. Like, and in some cases is parents and teachers that got to adjust or students that got to adjust or whatever the case is. But if you come out the gate, like it's a, like it's a war, Nobody loses but that child. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if you act like there's no like set of strategies that somebody can employ that's going to make a, a game changer at all. I wrote a book about it. So, right? No, and this is my point. My point is like, no matter what your situation, <laughs> no matter what your situation as a parent, there's some things that you could do that would be a game changer, and there's some things that you can neglect to doing that are going to be uh, catastrophic. Right? So, when it comes to things like, can you read or can you are you numerate? There are things that you can do as a parent to make sure that the answer to that is yes. I don't care where you live or how you live. Now, listen, I know the Wokies, the Woke Fest is going to stay. The Woke Fest is the Sleepies, too. The Sleepies, too. No, no, no. The Wokies are going to take it into some other territory that is not really the, the function of this conversation. The function of this conversation is you have agency and no one should take it from you. And you should use every bit of it every single day. And if you do, the statistics are going to change in the in the lives of your child. And don't let anybody take it away from you. When you frame it in terms of taking something away from somebody, it's different than saying, well, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You were responsible. Well, I started this by saying the system is going to think that about you. The system is going to say these white people's kids are reading because they read at home. And because they have books in their house and because they have a library card and because they value they value reading and because they don't have 16 Xboxes going at once, blah, 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 whatever. This is the system talking. The system is going to say this to to and you're going to say. Well, you're blaming me, blah, 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 blah. That ain't gonna that ain't gonna help your child read. Go back. You sound like Bill Cosby, bro. Producer, go back, go back to the uh I mean you can you can say it sounds like Bill Cosby if you want to, but Bill Cosby has literate children. I would say this, man. I'm not yeah. even wait, wait, because because we're taking off. Wait, wait, because we're getting yeah. taken off. The general point that was being made, because here's the thing, and, and this is where I got your back, Chris, and I know you don't need me to talk for you. And put could you put Bailey's uh comment back up, please? because it's like, oh, he hates teachers and he going at teachers. Well, no, he's just saying this is what I want. And then he's saying, oh, there's actually a role that parents can play. And then they're like, well, no, you parent bashing. I think what, what, what I hear him saying is that everybody plays a role, including his kids. I think that he's saying, I send my kids to school with expectations of what I expect for them to do or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? And here's the thing. Let's have this real conversation. I love parents. Yo. I, I love my community. And look, man, there have been situations where I've run into teachers that are not the best. There's been situations where I run into difficult parents that just was not, you know what I'm saying? And I've run into kids that have had some trouble, man. Like this isn't about placing a blame on any type of thing. And it's not about and we can come back to the system all the time. We know that the system is jacked up. So do we just end the conversation there? 
because the system's not going to change tomorrow. It ain't going to change in five years. We're going to work and try to do the best that we can. I, I appreciate what Miss Candace was saying. I, I think I actually know. I actually think I actually know her. Um, I don't have an issue with that, but I want to make sure. But I do want to make sure that we not being because this is what happens with these conversations. People take one part of it. It's a it's a part of we had a whole nuanced conversation. We talked about how people how teachers can be better, students can be better, whatever the case is. Here's what I will say, and I'll and I'll stand on this, and I'll do it by myself, right? Oh, and I think Miss and I think Miss Candace, I love that that post came up right as I was about to say that because she, I think she proved a point is that she's going to do whatever she can regardless of what the system is going to throw at her to make sure her kids are okay. That doesn't just prove your point. That proves my point. That's what I'm saying. That, right, right. That proves the point right there. Anybody who wants to come at me about like parents having the power and the agency to make uh, that the system is going to tell you, did you do your job? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, it, it's funny that many of the people that will come at me for that are doing their job. They're, they're doing the little ed, advantage seeking things like they're trying to put advantage in it. They're moving what school they'll go to. They're moving who they'll let teach their kids or not teach them. They're getting them a tutor at different times. They're making sure that they use that, that library card. They're actually policing certain things like screen time and, you know, these other things. I'm not saying that anybody's perfect at any of this. I am just saying that if you infantilize parents through some sort of like like system woke system of language infantilize parents out of their agency the the consequences are drastic and and they're more drastic for black folks than they are for white folks they're more no, drastic I, don't, for I, don't, I don't disagree with okay, I don't right, disagree, right. I don't disagree with most of the things that you're saying but what I do want to uh what what I want to shed light on is that you know you're you're talking let's talk let's not talk about Let's not talk about the. You're talking about middle class parents and like what middle class parents do. No, I'm not. Let's talk about. Let's talk about lower. No, no, I'm not talking about what middle class. Lower socio economics. Uh, I, I did ten years of social, social services, bro. So low income so folk, people are doing all different kinds of things. Low income so folks people from are not one thing. They're not doing right, one and thing. And I'm not, so I'm not saying that they are, but what I'm saying yeah. is that if you have parents that have to work. Uh, the hours that they have to work in order to in order to make ends meet or whatever, they're entrusting in schools to do right by their kids. And a lot of people don't have the time to do the additional things that maybe you might be able to do or maybe I may be able to do. And so then in that case to where someone doesn't have the additional time to be able to do that because they're trying to make ends meet, then they're putting a lot of trust into the system. And so that's where I put the onus on the system because it beca- they're getting paid for that. You're getting paid to teach my kid to be able to read. So I although agree with you are- on that part, Ray. I agree with you on this part, but this is this is for me like super important in this one way. Mm-hmm. The system is always going to do what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not going to change the system by saying I put the onus on you. That Those aren't magic words. Magic like you can't do magic on the system. I put the onus on you. The onus will never be on the system. And we can talk about accountability all we want. But the biggest accountability will always be the parent, the, the, the low income parent, the middle income parent, the rich parent. And I, what I want to be very clear in saying this is. There are middle class parents that are getting it wrong completely and there are low income parents that are on top of their game. I don't want to make this a thing about, oh, you have resources and you don't. I did 10 years in social services and I and believe me and trust me and promise. I promise you that low income people are doing a whole range of different things depending on what their, their ideology is. They're not all doing the same thing. It's not all like middle class people are doing right because they're not. 
As a matter of fact, middle class people have their kids in schools that aren't making a year's worth of growth every year. And they think it's great because it's all integrated and looking good or whatnot. And there are some low income people like the, the, the dad who stood up in Arkansas and in multiple places where we were is not supposed to know what that dad stood up. And for people watching, what am I, what am I talking about is, you know, we, we did in-person talks in different places. And it's funny how you will do an in-person event and there'll be a a person in the community who stands up and says something super profound. And they're, they're basically like, this one's mine. You're not messing with this child. This one's mine. I studied what y'all do, blah, blah, blah. And they'll know stuff. They'll know stuff that we would assume that they don't know. Right. That's not that that's not rare. I think it's a very classist perspective to think that people in the low low income are getting this wrong and middle class people are getting it right. Because middle class people middle class people have achievement gap too. Let's just be real. They have achievement gap too. I I never so so let me let me let me clarify that. Let me clarify that point. I'm not not saying that in response to you. You No, I'm also looking at the comments too. You didn't say that, Ray. And here I'll go ahead. I want you to finish your point, Ray. I, I wasn't trying to cut you off, but because I, I, I hear what because I, I hear what he's saying, and and it's, this is not about fashion. This is not. Listen, I I lived in shelters, man. I went to double digit number of elementary schools. My parents did not have neither one of them had like finished high school. I think my dad did to to, to kind of get into the to, to the military. Me and my parents don't always even get along. But what they could do in their own realm of, or their locus of control is I couldn't go outside when I got home until the homework was done. You know what I'm saying? They would check that stuff, even when they didn't understand it. They would call that teacher and be like, yo, if he acting up, then let me know so I can tighten him up. You know what I'm saying? I never wanted to see my dad come up to my school. And again, me and my dad ain't the best of friends or whatever the case is. But and we were super poor. Like, I, I don't I don't like this thing around. You got to be middle class. There's two things I don't like when we talk about black people in education. One, there is this unwritten assumption that when we talk about black education and black parents, that everybody poor. Like, it is not. And I get messages in our DMs from really well to do black parents that one are looking for more support around their kids in school. And two are like, well, I don't feel like I can say nothing in this conversation because I got this job or I do this or whatever. And two, I don't like people saying that just because you're poor, didn't go to a bunch of school or whatnot, that you can't raise scholars because I, I'm I'm evidence of it. I, I that is my life. I wrote a book. And I looked at black men that grew up just as messed up as I did with like, I mean, in the book, best friends are getting murdered. Mothers are getting beaten in front of them like they are facing acute traumas. Yet and still, there was a list of things that they did to navigate through a system that doesn't love them. So one, let's all we all know. Let's just let's just put this to bed because I don't want to hear about the system no more. We all can agree that the system is jacked up. And to the point that Chris was making is me saying that the system is jacked up. Don't hurt the system. It ain't like the system get put on timeout and it changes. Right. It's like the system is messed up, but I got to do what I can for my community because I know what that looks like. And until we can have a good conversation without who cares if somebody ain't said the right word, who cares if they didn't do the right woke answer around this thing and talk about the systemic, this systemic, this or systemic that or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about, people that's in it trying to make the best for their kids. You know, I'm talking about grannies. That's like, look, I got a third grade education, but that boy going to school, you look, you, I don't know what the hell a gap year is. I don't know what the hell you talking about. You you, you guys hear me say this all the time about the Negro proverbs. Wasn't that what we always heard was like, 
Well, you know, once you get an education, they can't take it away from you. Um, don't quit a job without having another one. You know, it's like 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 I don't care what level of class you grew up in. Um, uh, in my time, in my generation, you heard some similar things from black folks of all walks of life, even ones that had an eighth grade. So many that had an eighth grade education. We're telling you, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like to boy, you need to be getting in them books rather than in the streets or whatnot. That is the right thing to do. That okay. is a right thing. You know, so, in that book. Go ahead. What I'm gonna say is this, right? Um, I grew up similar to Charles, right? Mm-hmm. I don't really talk about how I grew up because that shit is still like it's still it's still like in the forefront of my thoughts and I don't want to think about that. Like, I don't want to relive the traumas that I, that I had to go through and I want to do everything that I can to make sure that my kids don't go through what I had to go through. And so, you know, for me, no, like, Charles, what you're saying is very real, but, like, I was intrinsically motivated to not repeat some of the cycles that I saw, right? So, like, for me, it's like, all right, well, I always knew I was a smart kid, but I wanted to push myself to be the smartest kid. So it wasn't anything that my parents were doing. They were barely involved, right? But it was me that said, you know what? Damn that, man. I I, I can't, I don't want to grow up like this. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to wear a size five and a half sneakers when my shoe size is a size seven. Like, I don't want to do any of those things. Like, I don't, I don't want to live like that. Well, then that makes you the the exemplar. Not right. right? Exactly. And so what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of folks that, that don't really know how this system works. That don't really have. So like for me, you know, when, when, Growing up in grade school, we were grouped. So, like, I was in group one. Those were the smartest kids. And, like, if I do a track right now on group one students that came through St. Tammany Parish education, they all either went to college, owned their own businesses, or, or like, whatever. So, like, those kids were tracked to be successful. But then you had a lot of black and brown kids, a lot of black kids, because I grew up in black and white, but you had a lot of black kids in, like, groups four, five, Mm -hmm. and six that ended up in special education, you know, and like a lot of those kids now are dead or like in jail or in prison or whatever. So it's like they were tracked to go, you know, on on that path or whatever. So like, how do we then educate parents to go in and advocate those kids that are on those tracks to try to break those cycles? That's what I'm doing. You know, walk beside them, walk with them, arm them, give them what they need in terms of uh, you're going to be in a fight. You're in a fight. Here's what you need to fight with. But what we can't do for sure, and this goes back to me saying this was going to hit a nerve. This is a very important conversation that could probably go on. But the fact of the matter is we can't infantilize the very people who are responsible for the intellectual development of every black child in the country right now, because that's all those black kids have. That is the only the guardian. And I I actually just want to say I probably have more faith in a parent movement, um, a black education and black parent movement than I do in an education reform movement. So this is where this is as you were talking, this is where I was thinking I was thinking like, oh, this might be where we're coming at this different, which is you are responsible for a system right now. You are responsible for the education of kids. You're responsible for teachers and all that stuff I have to learn about, like scope and sequence and and assessment and monitoring and all that. So you are in a system and you are saying, I don't want to let my system off the hook. I don't want the system to be off the hook. Whereas I'm saying, I don't know that world very well, but I don't trust it. I actually have never trusted it. And as a parent, I've never trusted it. So really, I'm putting most of mine in saying, let us parents look at each other and say, like, what are we going to do? 
for our kids because the system it's kind of like the policing thing and, and the courts and everything else i bring it up all the time don't have any trust for those systems even even when i'm supposed to or i should have some trust in what they're doing i don't but i really do believe that there's been a lot of poor people movements in the united states that actually have given us the rights that we have right yeah and this was one of my other you know things that i had on my list was thinking about application that was one of the ones I didn't bring up tonight was we have all this information that we read all throughout the year about our ancestors and what happened in black history and these book clubs that we've done or whatnot. And I haven't found the right application for the strategies out of those to make it into modern times, because I feel like many of our activist strategies have run their course. Mm. Right. Hashtag hashtag activism, um, overwoke activism, um, fighting with people about whether or not we can go to, to bad school A or bad school B. You know, those things, that's a trick. Like and, and, it, and it, the more we've read this year, um, the more I've learned what we have forgotten in terms of strategies. And I just think there needs to be a way to, to recover it for, for application. I'll just say this is my last thing because it, it relates to that. I think our number one problem in, in, in education to activism is that we've been framed in the conversation the wrong way. So we're fighting the wrong arguments and we're having the wrong battles. And I think groups like Edlock, when they said we need to find a third way, um, I felt like partially hopeful about finding people of color, finding their own third way. And at the same time, I kind of felt like calling it a third way still meant that you were in proximity to the other two ways, which were both wrong. <laughs> so all you're becoming is the third point in a, in a twice wrong pyramid. So I think we need black frames and one as somebody who's in communications and runs a communication shop, thinking about what are the black frames around education that frame us into our own territory on our own terms um, about what we need out of education so we can step out of the common education battles that are going on right now, right? We don't need a third way. We need a black way. And we don't need to just to step in other people's context and frames, charter school versus district school and this versus that, you know, um, the duopoly, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. We need to get out of that and have some black frames um, for how we how we do our activism. Man, I, I don't want the conversation to end. I feel like it's just getting started. I, I and Ray, I I I because this this is what the show is about, right? This is what we do. This is like we have these conversations. We go back and forth, and I think you know. I mean, even in, in Ray, you brought up one of the findings that was even from my research around the for students to intrinsically value education. It's like a real thing in there. You know what I'm saying? But you don't have to have money to do that. You don't have to like, you don't have to be rich to do that. And I want to be clear, like me and my parents did not get along, man. Like I, like I did a lot. I was very similar to you in that same way. Right. Like, like I'm not, I'm not doing the same stuff. I'm not, I'm not doing it ever. You know what I'm saying? And that has shaped you to become the type of father you are. Well, your kid is what? Two, two grades ahead, three grades ahead. Hey, he about to to have a gap year. (laughs) Hey, so I mean, and, and that's the thing, but you've worked to be able to put your kid in that type of situation. And sometimes Parents not in a position to do those type of things. But what I think, you know, these are the three things that work around what you said, Chris, if you want to look out through a black lens, all those people, those black boys that I looked at that now became doctors and all that stuff that went through crazy trauma. They won them or their parents sought out a quality education, even if the education wasn't better. 
It was the active search in front of that child that you actually deserve better and things are happening in this around you that you might not be getting. Seeking that out. Two was a strong self-identity. This ain't nothing about money. Who are you? Can you stand up on your own? Can you not go with the crowd? Can you look at data and information and make the best decision around what's best for you and do those things? That's agency, right? And then three is proximity to success. I have to be able to see it. The whole premise of Eight Black Hands, we do this show, it is proximity to academic and educational agency in ways that people had not seen before. Oh, you mean I can actually push back on these schools? You mean like there's a mama Toya out there that went through everything she went through, but is now organizing people across the country based off of conversations like this. You know what I'm saying? These, these conversations is not for us to fight amongst each other. It's for iron to sharpen iron. And we can try a bunch of different ways. Maybe what Chris work does for Chris, it might work for him, but it might not work the same way for Ray, which might not work the same way for Miss Toya. But give me your ideas. Get, like, just give me the big book, man. Because this is what's going to happen. This is what doctors do in hospitals. They try one treatment. Did that treatment work? Let's take notes on it. Let's, here go treatment two. Here go treatment three. Here go treatment four. And you can't tell me that any parent worth they sought doesn't want that list of treatments. That's what I think that the man was saying. And Ray, I hear you too. Ray was saying this. And this is how I heard it. Ray, what I'm hearing you say is, look, man, it ain't that my parents were super magnanimous or whatever the case was. I was in... I was in Louisiana. I was in that different type of poverty. You understand me? I was in that like people in my neighborhood still had outhouses when I was a kid. You feel me? Like it's like that in those places. But there was something put in you that intrinsically and you were able to see beyond where you were. That like, I want something different, man. You saw a bunch of different options and you had enough wherewithal to make those decisions. So this ain't that ain't about money. And I'm tired of people saying that only, oh, you bougie if you do this or this is a class thing or whatever. Yeah, class and race play a role in everything. But my kid got to live with the consequences, man. I'm the only, Chris is the only one that got to live with how his kids turn out. And those kids. Ray, you the only, you can, we can talk about the system all day. But like you and them kids, the only ones that got to deal with that stuff. And you don't want your kid 32 years old still in your house. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you, you don't want to be in my house. <laughs> but, but hey, because you're going to make it uncomfortable, right? And this yeah. is what I'm saying, man. So this is the beauty of Eight Black Hands. And I've been so privileged to do this with y'all this year because we didn't come on here with scripts. We didn't come in here with stuff written out already, right? We talking about navigating through this stuff that we've bumped our head in a bunch of times. Sometimes some shit works and sometimes it don't. You know, sometimes Chris is super his, his he talks about his wife and the sacrifices she make all the time and how he was present. And then a teacher said to him in his face, called his kid lethargic. Like, wait, hold on. This one, this cat right here. You know, Ray, I've heard you talk about like, yo, to these school leaders, where your kid go to school? You got a kid. Wait a second. You mean to tell me you run a school and your kid is is, is, is the age of that school? And you don't trust what you producing to put your own kid in it. That's what we talking about. We talking about people that like to get up and tell black people what they can and can't do, but they won't even let their kids touch their own nuclear ass sites. That's what the eight black hands is here for. So, I mean, I appreciate this conversation. We're going to always have different forms of opinions, man. But when we come together, like everybody in these comments, we ain't got to agree. You know what I'm saying? But give me your methods. Because maybe that'll work. Maybe points two and five will work. And maybe points one and three will work from Chris. And I just want to drive home this point <laughs> around how much I do think people are already doing and trying. Right. Like 
So, so y'all talked about the way that y'all grew up. I grew up a little bit different than the, than the two of you. I actually saw schools from a lot of different vantage points, right? So growing up in New Orleans, I saw um, two, two tracks of schools, actually three, regular district public schools and the Catholic schools. I did a year in school here in Minnesota in fourth grade, and it blew my mind. It was culture shock to see what kids here get versus what we were getting at the school I left in New Orleans. I left from Minnesota and went to L.A. and did a year in Bel Air. <laughs> in a school in Bel Air and was really shocked, culture, culture shock, right? Then went back to New Orleans, right? And I, I, I remember as a kid thinking that this game is rigged because I saw what the poorest of the poor got and I saw what the wealthiest of the wealthy got and I saw what the middle class got, so what the suburban, suburbanites got and I saw what parents in all those different contexts were doing. Right. The black people in Louisiana, the black people in New Orleans were very different than the black people in L.A. when I got mm-hmm. to L.A. Right. Like the, the poorest of the black people that I knew in L.A. were like the richest of the black people that I knew. In, you know, like, like it was just but they were all trying to do something right and, and make moves for their kids. So this idea that we have some parents that are doing all this stuff and some that aren't is one that I usually just just. I, I actually just feel like we just need a strategy of saying. Um, what Charles just basically said, you're going to try a lot of different things, but don't trust the system. Cause I saw this, I saw integrated schools and I saw non-integrated schools. I saw schools that were fully funded, so-called, and I saw schools that were poor as hell. I saw people failing in every one of those kind of schools. Right. And I saw people making the most out of some segregated poor school versus one of the wealthier rich schools that I went to. Right. Which is why, like Charles says it a lot, like, um, if my my freedom requires like white people to change or whatnot, I'm in trouble. Right. Well, I have that same feeling about the system. If I have to wait for the system to be reformed for the way that we do teachers and teachers contracts and the way that we prepare them and the way that they do their pedagogy and where they get their information from and how they even show up in our classroom and how long they're, they're in the classroom before we figure out they don't need to be there and all that. If all that has to change before I can get my kid to be literate and numerate and capable of free thinking, then we're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying is something a little bit, I think, maybe problematic, problematic, but provocative in this one way, which is just, I think if you're in the poorest system or in the worst system, you can come out with a literate numerate kid um, if you're militant, if you're a militant parent. There's some militant things that you can do. There's some ruthless actions you can take. And I don't think you have to be super educated to make it happen. Right. You can you can tip the scales, put your thumb on the scales for your kids in the poorest situation and make it happen. And I don't want anybody telling you that you can't. Right? All right. So, so you can you can sit in that. That's that's all right. I think that's and, 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 you know, I'll just say this, too, <laughs> which all are exposing to me about it is is really like important for me to understand, though, too, is because. There is a left way of talking about this and there's a right way, right wing way of talking about this. Right. So I get a little unnerved when the conservatives pick up this message and run with it because they want to let everybody off. They want to let the whole system off the hook. Right. See, it's just your fault. Right. And I get a little mad with the left, too, because what they want to say is something very similar. See, I told you that teachers and schools can't overcome, can't do miracles. I told you that it's not our fault as teachers and what that's what the left. So the left and the right are both saying the same thing on this. Mm-hmm. 
they're both saying that you're responsible for your own failure. Yeah. The left and is just telling you, the left is telling you something exactly the same, right? right. And if you wait for, if you wait for the left or the right, <laughs> your ass is going to be immobile. You ain't going to be able to move. But anyway, for me, right. And, and talking about the system, right. So like one of the big things for me is I think that the system can be reformed, but I think that you have to put the right people in the right spaces in order to reform it. So for example, for me, I came into a, a, a school, my staff was what hundred percent white. Uh, my student body was 100% not white. <laughs> and so what happened was, you know, I had to shake some things up, got me sued, got all kinds of things that that happened, which is why we all collectively have this podcast because we know each other based off of adverse situation. <laughs> but anyway, what I did see was that my first year of being, uh, my, my first year of being a school leader at my current school is that I had 9% proficiency in ELA in third mm-hmm. grade. And I had 11, 11% proficiency in ELA in third grade. And now when you look at my third graders now, they are uh, at 80% proficient in third grade. So clearly I have the receipts to know because we talked about receipts earlier to know that the system, receipts is coming. The, hey, the system can be changed from the inside if you put the right people in place with the heart, nerve, and sinew to want to change the system. So parents, my message for you is very simple. These are three things that you should be asking every educator that comes in contact with your child until you know for yourself. The first thing is, what grade level is my child on? Right? That's a legit ask for you to be able to talk to an educator about what grade level your child is on. The second thing is, what reading level is my child on? You need to know that by the end of the 12th grade, your kid is going to be able to read. Right, because if they're not able to read, then there's pretty that path is straight to prison. And then the third thing is, if those levels are not where you want them to be, your next question is, what do I need to do as a parent, or what can we do as a collective in order to get my kid on grade level and get them where they need to be? And these kind of conversations can't start happening in seventh and eighth grade. These are the conversations that need to happen in the first grade, the second grade, the third grade, because once your kid gets past the third grade, statistically, it becomes an upward battle in order to in order to get them where they need to be. So these are the kind of conversations that need to be had in kindergarten through third grade. Yo, I, um, I think it's been dope, man. I, I, you know, I, I'm just going to say we're in a situation of rhetoric versus reality. And, and, I, and I say this a lot because... In this egg game, I watch it. And Chris and I have talked about this. I watch people get their doctorates in this stuff. And I watch them take simple things and make it more complicated when your actual role is to be the opposite. So it's like you, you learn this process, take this stuff and then give it to people so they can use it. Don't just write to your friends in the academy or whatever. Right. And, and I fought there. But let me give you an example of rhetoric versus reality. Everything that we talked about, you can take it. If you want to hinge on anything that any of the three of us said, you can say that's a super left wing thing or whatever. I don't want to rock with that. That's a super right wing thing or whatever. I don't want to walk with that. This is talking points. But here's what you let's go back to Boys in the Hood, because I think it's, a, it's a, an amazing piece of art. And I think it actually said everything that we're trying to say in a very relatable way. One, Furious, the father of Trey in that movie, loved his community. You cannot tell us. He he was talking about gentrification outside like a crazy man, like early 90s, right? So he also said, hey, man, I don't want you. I don't like your friends. I like I respect your friends, but they you can't do what they do. We're not doing that here. 
you, 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 if you want to try to run those streets or whatever the case, bro, we're going to have a different conversation and I can talk to you or we can get down. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, and I'm saying that because even though that kid had to do things on his own and had to make certain decisions, when it came time for him to make a real big decision about his life, he made the right one. I think that's what I'm hearing when Ray and Chris talk about fatherhood, right? That when we, when we, when now we talking about what's happening in their kitchens, we're not talking about what's playing out on ed, on, on education week, or we're not talking about what's playing out on Twitter and all these hypotheticals. We're talking about somebody that I helped create, <laughs> that I'm responsible for, and I've already lived a life and I need to instill these values in him. And that don't take you having a PhD to do. And if you think that, and if somebody else is making you think that, then you need to get out of that space immediately. Mm-hmm. You need to get out of that place. And that's all that I think that people are saying is, you have to live with the consequences regardless of how bad the, the, the system is, man. That's what it comes down to. And if you wait for this system to change before you take action, which I don't think anybody's doing and I hope nobody is doing, that's the issue. And I'll leave you on this last thing. Somebody said something about IEPs being bad. This is, this is where navigation actually helps. I actually think every black kid in America should fight to have an IEP. And let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most powerful papers that you can have in the education system because it overrides whatever the school has already established. I have negotiated in over what, 60, 70. I know I've done like triple digit, like IEPs when I was a social worker. And one, we didn't have to sign a paper if we didn't want to. Two, that parent could bring in as many and whoever people they want to represent them as possible. And three, you actually can negotiate things. You can say, hey, man, I want, instead of the seven classes, I actually want my kid to take five because he's doing his work study thing here. And I want y'all and I want y'all to kind of help make sure that he can get to and fro. Ask me how I know, because I've seen it happen. <laughs> and that kid went off and went on to college. So but this is the part about navigation and you not knowing these things where it can hurt. There is a system that people take advantage of every single day. That's why it's not going to change, because it's working well enough for a, a whole lot of people. It's working well for a whole lot of people that know how to rock it. So and if you want that kind of help, Ray just offered to help. I have experience doing that stuff. I will help you. Chris has experience in this stuff as a parent that didn't have all the fancy education. That's why he getting so crunk about it. That's why he gets so buck about it, because how you going to it's like, how you going to tell me I, I have a crazy story like I was out here and I had to go through this with my first child, not knowing stuff. But guess what? I learned. And these other ones, you can't tell me nothing because when I put my trust in you because you had the degrees, because you knew the words and all that stuff, and now you treated me, I did a better job with these cats. So anyway, man, we love y'all. Uh, that's I, I know, Ray, you got to formally do final thoughts, man, but I actually think this is one of our best shows. And the last resolution that I want to put in there is we all have a resolution because Sharif can't come back in the dungeon looking how the dungeon look. It just it can't happen. It can't happen. <laughs> Hey, somebody asked, right? Somebody was like, yo, hey, what's going on with Sharif? Where's Sharif? So Sharif was at a COVID spreader party tonight. <laughs> Leave, look at his business. So Sharif is going, he's not going to be on for the next two weeks. He's got to quarantine. We're going to catch it through the, through the wet airways, brother? You got, yeah. you got, hey, you I ain't even, hey, I ain't trying to put it at risk. I ain't trying to put it at risk. You got right. it. Oh, closing, closing thoughts, fellas. Uh, hey, audience, thank y'all for being amazing. Uh, y'all see this this uh, patron uh, thing flashing. Join join our Patreon. Uh, our Patreon. We get busy in there. 
Uh, but uh, closing thoughts, we'll start with you uh, straight since you want to be controversial. Take a <laughs> well, listen, uh, you know, in the, in the church, there's such thing as Christian accountability. So I have told you some stuff tonight and I hope that you all, everyone listening, watching or whatnot, you are free to hold me accountable to anything that I've said today. What I've told you is that next year I want to focus on clarity and simplicity in my message and being on my purpose. If you see me break that, I'm okay with you saying it to me in my DMs, publicly, whatever. This is Christian accountability. I've also said to you that um, I want to produce product, not just talking, not just activism, but something tangible for parents to use. Christian accountability, hold me to that. I also want to develop some black frames that help us frame education on our own terms for our own people, informed by our ancestors and informed by what we have done in our legacy and our heritage, um, and hold me to that. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, to parents, I want to say, um, sometimes a messenger is not going to tell you everything the way you want to hear it or whatnot. Sometimes doctors come in with cold hands, but they're saving your life. So I might have cold hands or sharp, sharp elbows, but here's what I think is important. Know your role. And, and, and really make peace with your role. Master your responsibilities. You are responsible as a parent. You are ultimately responsible. You are the ultimate, most responsible person for whatever happens to your child, whether they're in the system or not. Demand your rights as if it's um, your last time you're ever going to be able, able to demand your rights. Live by knowing what your rights are. And, and, and then the last one is results. Monitor the results and do this, do, you know, rinse, lather, repeat, but know your role, master your responsibilities, demand your rights, monitor the results. And I can tell you, if you have your own IEP for your child, not a system guided IEP, but your own IEP for a child, the statistical chance that wherever you are in life, that your child is going to end up um, better off is just so great that, that I don't care what your situation is, please take these things and, and run with them. The last thing I'll say is um, there are of the five gaps I talked about earlier that make up the achievement gap, the five gaps, three of them are within your control. The first one is the preparation gap. The second one is the time gap. And the last one is the belief gap. And I think that that one's the most important one. The gap between what your kids are capable of and what adults in their lives will think that they're capable of is the biggest killer. It's the secondhand smoke of education. Bad belief um, is the secondhand smoke. You have to be the biggest believer in the potential of your child and then manage their time and their preparation. Manage those two, those two things. I love you. I love that we do this. I love that I have this forum with uh, Intelligent Brothers, and this has been a, a difficult year. And one of the bright points of this year has been doing this show, has been engaging with with uh, with you all, um, um, uh, Ray and, and Charles and, and, and Sharif, who's now with us, but also with our audience. Um, it's kept me sane. So I appreciate it. Well, that's what's up, bro. Uh, man, so, you know, hey, hey, listen, I feel really good about this show, especially since it came together at the last minute. And then, you know, we have like all these feelings about, you know, how good it was. That tells me that y'all better be tuned in next week, all week. I got shows 7 p.m. plugging myself, Edgy Pierce podcast. We in these streets. I got some real uh, interesting guests next week. So uh, follow my YouTube 
And to you brothers, man, I appreciate y'all for uh, for what y'all bring out of me. I say every week, this is kind of like professional development for me. And so uh, it's amazing to be able to have these types of conversations where we may not necessarily agree with how to get there, but we agree that getting there is the most important thing for the 8 million mm-hmm. black kids. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, we'll be uh, back next week with Reef. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Is what? Is this ca- is this camera going to be hooked up? I, I mean, or are we going to just get the the blurry wood paneling? What's happening next week with in Reef's dungeon? Hey, I don't know, but I'm gonna pull out a poll. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, we put out a poll and Reef voted against himself. He said, <laughs> "Who wants to bet?" That Sharif won't use his camera. We looked at the poll, and Reef was like, "Well, I bet no." So I don't know. What to do. Hey, but then, but then the next the next morning, right? So Saturday morning, I hit him up, and I'm like, "Yo, what's your address?" Because I'm trying to order him the piece from Amazon, right? And yeah. he's like, "He's like, well, here's my address, but don't send a bomb." I'm like, "All right, bro, whatever." But then, 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 I, then I, I send him the link of telling him what I'm going to send him, right? And so then he's like, "Oh, well, I just got that this morning." So you could have got this the whole time? <laughs> what are you doing? I, I look forward to more Ray and Sharif beef throughout the next week. <laughs> I look forward to it. Uh, and I will be releasing something soon. Uh, my book does talk about this stuff, but I, it, there's another version of it that I'm working on with like tear out pages where you can write all your kids' teachers, all their phone numbers, all their email addresses. And it has a checklist where you need to call them at least twice a semester or whatever the case is and other practical things. Here's how you go into an IEP or here's what you can ask for, or here's how you check your kids. Read. Like just things that can help you. Everything might not work for you, but it's better than nothing. And we'll just keep adding stuff. So keep asking, man, but we are responsible to each other. If we wait on the system, it ain't going to happen. We got to be responsible to each other. And I want everybody that's in these comments, like even the ones that gave us some heat, man, Keep keep coming, keep keep talking, keep pushing, and keep adding something, right? Like, don't you know? Don't don't also just be grammar police or like, oh, well, you said this wrong, you did this wrong, whatever. Because there comes a point in time in our community where we actually don't have like these super like these these important conver- conversations with kid gloves on. We beyond that, man. We beyond that. Like sometimes it's just some facts about some stuff. Like when my grain was like, look, you're not taking your ass three blocks over. You just not doing it. I don't care what you, you know what I'm saying. Like she didn't have to use the right terms or whatever the case is. Sometimes people just pull you back from touching the stove because it's hot. And, you know, so if I said something wrong, blame my heart. You know, I mean, blame my head and not my heart. And, uh, and I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all y'all have y'all have a good one, bro. <laughs> All right. Uh, we we uh we signed oh, up. Sorry, right. No, no, all good. So, uh, hey, Reef, wood panels is never coming back in style. Not at all, ever. <laughs> right? So, like, I don't know what, kind of, what kind of HGTV you looking at, bro? I don't know what's wrong with y'all, but I will say this much: everything comes back. Everything <laughs> comes back. back. That's everything comes back. back. Everything comes back. It has. It has. Let's say, let's just say, for the sake of saying, it has asbestos in it. Bro, like, listen, I've seen bell bottoms come back three times in my lifetime. I've seen afros afros come back multiple times, right? Uh, Acid acid wash jeans made a reappearance. Hey, I'm I'm out. Hey, listen. Hey, thanks for checking (laughs) with us. He's talking about acid wash jeans. I'm out. Peace. (laughs) You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, 
El Mecky and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening. 